I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocket Podcast. If you're hankering for a BlackBerry to make a comeback, then this is your week. No, seriously. A new 5G BlackBerry device with a physical keyboard is coming, is coming at the start of 2021. And Pogalens Cam Bunton is here with all the details we know so far. Meanwhile, I talked to the founder of Aristocracy London on how the traditional soup company has turned to technology to make sure the next soup from them fits. And Mike Lowe is here to give us his verdict on the new Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Is this the smartphone to get this summer? But first, stop the presses, Cam. Yeah. Let's talk BlackBerry, they're back. How is this possible? I don't know. I think it's excitement. I think, how is it possible? Um, well, technically speaking, it's uh, there's a company called Onward Mobility, which none of us has ever heard from or of until yesterday, has, no. has won the license to build BlackBerry devices, is essentially the story. And they're going to be working with a subsidiary of Foxconn, who builds iPhones and all manner of other consumer electronics to make them. So... We're going to see BlackBerry phones next year again. Amazing. Amazing. Now, let's talk about onward mobility just briefly. Do we know anything about them? Have they got any track record? Is this just is this really just a bunch of BlackBerry fans saying, please let us make them? It, I mean, it feels a little bit like that. I was looking at their site yesterday to just try and get a sense of who they are, where they've come from, and what they do and what they've done previously. And it very much seems like it's a company that started purely so they could make BlackBerry phones. That's the only thing that's mentioned on their site so far. And it seems to be a bunch of people who have worked with other uh, companies like Microsoft before. And so they have a history of working with devices and they know devices. And obviously, these are basically BlackBerry fans who have enough money to start a company, it seems like. I could be completely wrong, but uh, (laughs) there's not a lot of detail out there about them. I'm sure we'll find out more as, as time goes on. Now, the question is, do we need a BlackBerry in 2021 or has it had its day? I mean, both you and I have used Blackberries in the past. We've covered the industry for long enough. You know, I remember seeing my first BlackBerry in about, I want to say 99, 2000, probably even 98, maybe. Um, I was in Charles de Gaulle Airport. I remember it vividly. And this dude, this like, I think he was a venture capitalist. In that was just sat there in waiting for his plane, and I was waiting, and he was like using this device. I was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "I can get my emails on the go." And I was like, "That's amazing." So, do we think that? I mean, but like, you can do that now. Yeah, you can do it. I mean, it's it's different, isn't it? At different times, when BlackBerry was really popular, they really did offer something very, very different to what everyone else was doing because there were there were companies making smartphones, but the user interface was maybe a bit slow, and things just seemed to take ages. Whereas BlackBerry just seemed to do things really reliably and quickly and you could get your emails anywhere in the world because BlackBerry had its own sort of server and network that was tied to your device and your email service. And it was just really, really quick and convenient. And then obviously they had 
the physical keyboard, which was probably the mm. best physical keyboard that was ever on any phone ever. Um, so they had a lot going for it, but then obviously the all touchscreen smartphones started coming in and they failed to adapt and they gradually lost relevance because a lot of that cool stuff was much cooler on a big flat screen. I mean, that was one of the problems I always hear. I, I had a curve, not even a 3G version, just the original curve. And it was fantastic for messaging, like, remember um, BlackBerry Messenger? Yeah. And, you know, emails and all that other kind of stuff. But if you, as soon as you decided to go on the web, it just became, like, really slow. That's true. And, I, I remember as well, they actually brought out, I, my first device was the Pearl. And I remember they brought different serial numbers of the Pearl out because some of them had uh, maps on them and some of them didn't. And some of them had Wi-Fi on them and some of them didn't. And so hmm. you had to kind of choose which one you wanted. And like you say, like the maps and the web was just, it was just slow and it wasn't a very good experience. So once the iPhone and Android phones came out with really good browsers and, and apps, then BlackBerry was kind of on the back foot. So what do we think? Like, let's let's spitball here for two minutes. What do we, if they're going to bring it back, do you want it to be the pearl? Do you want it to be the curve? Do you want it to be the bold? What, or is it going to be something completely different? Or is it more a modern one like the Passport or something? Yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, they're, they're going to run Android. So I'd be surprised because obviously we've had Android BlackBerry phones for the past few years. And they, we had the key one and the key two, which sort of brought that classic BlackBerry look, but they run Android operating systems. So you've got all mm. your access to all your apps, but you've still got your keyboard. And I still, part of me still thinks that does serve the person who wants a BlackBerry, who wants that physical keyboard, but without losing anything in terms of apps and services. Um, but I think that's a market that's very, very small now compared to what it used to be. Because obviously a touchscreen keyboard is still going to be more versatile because it's only there when you need it. It's not getting in the way. Yeah, because there aren't any, I mean, there aren't really any Android devices, that, the smartphones that have a keyboard. You know, we used to see, remember there was the, I think Dell did one, didn't they? And a couple of, I can't even well, remember. There was the, I mean, Samsung the did one, one as well, the, didn't they? G1, yeah, the T-Mobile G1 was the first Android phone that had a physical keyboard. And after that, there was a few, like you say, the Milestone. Um, there was the HTC. Oh, the um, Milestone. I remember that one. That was um, that was Motorola, wasn't it? Yeah, Motorola Milestone. Yeah. And there, there was a few back in the day, in the early days, but as we've all sort of gravitated towards non-keyboards. And so now it's, it's up to small companies to be doing it because the big companies have realized it's not worth their time. And so, on a scale of one to ten, from a success rate here, what do you what do you think? It's tough to. I mean, it's hard to be optimistic about success. I mean, personally, I've always been a bit of a BlackBerry fan, so I do actually still like typing on a keyboard. Sometimes I still bring out. I've got the key too in my office that comes out every now and then when I want to go back to it. Um, and so I think for the people that like them, I think it's going to be good. I, th I hope it's going to be good, but then we don't really know anything about this manufacturer. So uh, I'm not that optimistic, but it's still kind of exciting for anyone who's been a BlackBerry fan or is still a BlackBerry fan now. And it means if you're a BlackBerry collector, I suppose you've now got, there's another one, you've got to start saving again. You've, you've, your, your, your collection won't be complete come this time next year. Exactly, yeah. Still to come, Mike gives us his verdict on the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra smartphone. Some of those things are solid ideas that kind of just become the norm and you don't really think and talk about it. 
I think the air gestures thing, I think it's a bit less likely to be the norm. I think the more that they focus on getting, you know, just great accuracy in terms of actual writing or, or you know, anything that makes it more functional is the thing that people are really going to want from it. As the world moves to buying everything online, including clothes, making sure you get the right fit can be challenging at the best of times. While most people might be willing to buy a number of different sizes and then deal with the returns once they're done, one company has turned to technology to try and solve the problem. Aristocracy London is the first menswear brand in the UK to collaborate with the body measuring app Sizer to provide customers with a digital tailor experience and ensure that when they order your suit online, it fits. I started by asking founder Laz Teridikis to tell us how the collaboration with Sizer came about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, as, as you mentioned, that, you know, tailoring has a long history in terms of, you know, creating and constructing a three-piece suit. Um, so with regards to the whole thing is, that was the kind of the concept that we started our own business as well, I've got to say. I mean, for me personally, my background is... Uh, I've spent you know over 10 years being a digital marketing director for large companies and i also have a kind of a strong technical background as well so when we started when i decided to start this kind of business was the idea of myself you know putting my creativity side and technical background that comes from my education and also my uh, previous experience uh, with my passion about suits and style Right. And one of the main yeah. concerns with regards to that in terms of tailoring and uh, it's with regards to the clothes in general, I would say, because, you know, we see lots of people nowadays, you know, all the stuff online. It was the size. So when we started this business adventure, we, we, we used lots of, you know, questionnaires and surveys out to people, you know, interviewing people about, you know, what are their main concerns, what they want to see. And. One of the top things on the list that they came out was that people didn't really know what's the suit size. First of all, there were people who didn't really know they've never had a suit before, or there were mm -hmm. lots of other people who thought that, you know, I mean, their size, especially for a therapy suit, uh, it varies from brand to brand because sure. of fit, because of lots of different elements there. So that was one of the biggest concerns. And we, when we started that, uh, we always have our kind of customer in mind. We want to make sure that we give this kind of luxury, personalized experience, but we do it in a kind of a more modern and easier way as well. Because, you know, as we said, tailoring has a long history and it's a kind of a traditional technique. But we thought that, hold on, there is something here that we can do. We can apply some sort of technologies as well to make the whole journey much easier for the user. And so that technology that you've created is is the ability to photograph a user that's with their camera on their phone and then send the sizes back to you. So how does that work? Yeah, I mean, with regards to that, uh, we have been in process and searching, you know, for technologies that are available to be able to help us with that uh, journey. So we, we had conversations with Sizer that we partnered with. Um, what they do is they use... Uh, it's a, it's a technology company and they build this kind of an application that uses the front camera of your mobile phone or a tablet. And what it does, it takes the whole process within two minutes. It just captures your body type, requires you do a 360 turn and it captures your body type. And based on that, it displays your measurements in terms of chest, waist and lots of other different measurements you can have there. So 
knowing that we have this kind of technology available, we had conversations with the size of the team and we wanted to build our own kind of formulas and algorithm in there, knowing that there is something that is working <clears throat> to be able to provide this kind of suit size estimator for our clientele. Mm -hmm. So the whole journey started a few months ago when we started testing using the app and also testing lots of different body types just to ensure that, you know, the algorithms that we're going to put in place are going to be, uh, you know, uh, accurate a lot. Uh, <clears throat> so that, that's the whole thing. It's it's very simple process. People just download the app for free. Uh, they can just use a vase or something that they can place the mobile phone or tablet, as I said, and then the front camera captures the whole full, you know, the whole body. And with more of a, more of us coming to you know turning to buying online, buying our clothes online through the lockdown and through you know the general situation that we're currently experiencing, how much do you think this has an opportunity to change the way that we shop online? Oh, I mean, definitely there is lots of opportunity here, and I've got to say that since we went live with the app as well, we've seen a huge interest, and we've seen lots of people ordering online and using the app. Uh, I think you know, first of all. With regards to the pandemic situation, obviously, this is a kind of a nice opportunity because nowadays people want to have this kind of, you know, shopping experience. But, that, you know, they're a bit afraid of the social distancing and all of these kind of new regulations in place as well. I've got to say that, you know, with this app, that helped us a lot. First of all, for people who are looking to buy online, just to give them this mm -hmm. kind of reassurance that this is your suit size from an aristocracy London suit that you can buy. And uh, based on that, you can be reassured that this is something that can buy and will fit me well. Uh, secondly, that helped us a lot with regards to our suit appointments as well. Uh, we do have our showroom that operates in Knightsbridge in London, and, and we do accept private appointments with our clients just to offer this kind of luxury personalized experience. Now, on top of that, and because of the current situation now, what we recommend and we suggest to our uh, clients is to use the app before they come to the appointment so that we can get a better understanding of what's the suit size so that we can prepare all of the suits or anything that they would like to try on on the day for them. Right. So that worked really, really well on this subject as well. And as I said, you know, since we launched the app, we've seen that, you know, that the amount of returns, because the, ma the main reason of the returns we were getting through the online orders was because of the size. Right. So uh, there were lots of people who were returning the items because they wanted to go one size up or one size down or because the size that they selected, they were not aware of. So with this app and using this moving forward, we've seen a, a huge decline in terms of returns because now people know exactly what's the suit size. Well, I'm not going to say that it's 100 percent accurate yet. But we've seen another 90 percent accuracy based on this uh, on the tests. And do you think this would come to a point where it, and maybe it already is, is where it could replace a bespoke suit fitting? So, you know, rather than a kind of an affordable off the shelf approach, this is kind of a suit that perfectly fits me based on being able to, and you know, use artificial intelligence and stuff to analyze my body shape to be able to then give the size to you. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, because it's you know it was it's part of our business model. I've got to say, we wanted to create luxury limited edition three piece suits. Uh, for someone who, who doesn't want to spend a fortune and also they don't really want to spend multiple appointments and months of getting a suit done, right? And I think by using this, this, this application here and this technology, that helps a lot. That helps a lot.
And how do you, where do you see the future of this going? Well, I think that that's the future, to be honest with you. I think, you know, it works really well. Uh, I mean, people, they can still have this kind of personalized luxury experience, booking an appointment and visiting the store. But I think it works really well because they can do everything at home. They just need to use a mobile phone in only two minutes and they can take the measurements and they know exactly what size they should buy for. So that makes the whole kind of, you know, shopping experience much better. Now, this is used for suits. Do you... Could you perceive it being used for everything from jeans to shorts to shirts to everything else? Or is it really only kind of suited towards, you know, a three-piece suit? No, I think, you know, that, that the, the whole technology actually covers uh, all different garments that you can buy. In our case, because we do uh, three-piece suits at the moment, we've implemented and integrated our algorithm within their measurements just to display sizes for, for, for the suits. But moving forward, there's an opportunity that you can have also sizes for uh, for shirts or lots of other different uh, clothing items. And I presume this will help if there's a few of you for maybe a wedding or something, or do you do, you do further sort of group appointments on this sort of stuff? How's it helped on that? Oh, yeah, it does. It does help a lot. I mean, apart from the online experience where people can use the app and purchase online through a website, and also the fact that, you know, we can use the app for our suit appointments, uh, there's a huge opportunity and we have recently used the app for any other for a few other projects that we run especially with a few football clubs that we have a partnership with so for example we we are official former with partner with Leighton orient at the moment and this app helped us a lot to be able to get the measurements of the football players the management team and the board to be able to design and deliver the suit for the football club and especially in cases like that because we are talking about a large amount of suits and it's very difficult to coordinate and get all of the people at the same time at the same place to be able to get the measurements we were able to use the app so each one of them they can just download it take the measurements and send all of their measurements directly into our dashboard and based on that we were able to create and design the suits and apply the right sizes and, and it worked really really well now we've been talking about gentlemen's suits uh, i presume the system is able to work out for women's suits as well is that something that the algorithms you have to change the algorithm considerably more to to cope with that approach as well well yeah definitely i mean the technology is there. the technology can scan all the different body types it, the only add-on or addition on this i would say is that you know you need to implement your own kind of formulas of how those measurements from the body types will fit within your ga- uh, your garment size guides and this is something that would require some sort of experience as well, because, you know, from our side, when we started working with size that we had experience with lots of different customers coming to our showroom, doing lots of different fittings, just to understand of how the size chart of the garment of the jacket, for example, will fit with a specific size dimension of his chest. Right. So that, that worked really well as well. Uh, but, you know, that requires a bit of, you know, integration, lots of testing as well, just to ensure that, you know, you make sure that you, you, you prefer something that is fully functional and also gives you the right results. The Samsung Galaxy Note series is almost a decade old. Within that time frame, the stylus donning handset has brought forth plenty of new technologies, such as a curved screen and edge control. A result, the Note 20 Ultra, the 2020 flagship of Samsung's Galaxy Stable, was somewhat touted as just another Note, long before it even been unveiled, giving the lack of any real killer features to lure new punters in. Well, it's finally here. We've been playing with it. And so is the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra the ultimate flagship 
for those seeking a handset with an integrated stylus. Niche, we know, but still. Or is its apparent absence of any big new features ultimately, well, I mean, it's something you should pass on. Poggling Reviews editor Mike Lowe has been using the new smartphone and joins me to discuss whether it's any good. Mike, what do you like about it? So you've kind of touched on the reason you'd want this phone in the first place. Um, it is one of the only handsets really that you can buy that has a little stylus integrated into it. So you just press on the bottom and it pops out this little pen and uh, that integrates with notes. So you can, you can take notes, you can doodle, you can do all kinds of things um, that control different apps and, you know, it's great from, from that point of view mm. um, if that's what you want from a phone. And uh, I kind of suspect there aren't that many people right now that will be desperate for that kind of control. And that's kind of, it's the thing that makes this phone great because barely anything else offers that. But it's also the thing that makes it quite niche at the same time because if you didn't need it, you may perhaps just go towards getting a S20 model instead, which comes without the stylus and has many of the same features otherwise. And that's been one of the criticisms of the Note throughout its decade-long sort of career is that sometimes it's very similar and almost identical to the Galaxy model that came four or five months before it. Is is that the case here? Is, is there many sort of similarities between the S20 range and therefore this is just with the stylus? Um, there's definitely similarities. I think, yeah, the, the, the lines are blurred, right? I think... So the top end of the S20, you get the, the ultra model there as well. And that integrated a um, 108 megapixel camera. Um, the S, sorry, the Note 20 Ultra that I've got here um, does a similar thing. So it also has a 108 megapixel camera. In this case, it uses it as the main camera rather than the zoom. But you're kind of getting a lot of the stuff that, that comes at the top end of what Samsung offers in its Galaxy range. Um, and yeah, the, the boundaries between... S and Note are definitely much, much closer. So really the, the dividing line is kind of much more down to, to the stylus and what you may or may not get from that, really. And it sounds, although it sounds niche, is the experience nice? Does the stylus work? Is it, does, yeah. is it is a good thing to have? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, from my personal point of view, it's not something I need to use that often. Um, obviously, I've been reviewing it, so I've been trying to, you know, force some use out of it, do some little doodles and get it out and play around with some of the extra features it has. Um, for me, like the, the standard stuff, like taking notes is what really works. It's really good with its response time because the screen is like a super fast uh, response. So it's, it's very close to not quite on paper, but you know, it, it feels really good when you're writing on, on the screen in the same way that say an Apple pencil would. Um, obviously the stylus in this is way smaller. It's, it's a much smaller little thing, but it's actually very comfortable to use. Um, so for those kind of features, it works really nicely. They, they've added some, let's say, lesser used things. Um, they call them air gestures. Samsung calls these air gestures, which is mm. kind of you take the little stylus out and wave it around like a wand and you can get it to do different actions um, in the air. I'm all of a sudden thinking like Harry Potter style. Yeah, a bit. Sort of, I can't remember any of the spells. It's like Levioto, whatever. I can't remember. I'm not going to. It feels a bit the same in this because you, you might remember the action you meant to do. Say it's, you know, L shape in the sky or whatever. <laughs> um, but the phone often just doesn't recognize the right motion. So I can see the idea. The idea is kind of solid, but I just can't see that anyone ever uses it. And I, I guess the main problem I have with that is it's almost pushed that kind of gimmicky feature to the forefront. 
and it's like oh you can do this but it doesn't really work when actually the real key thing to take away is if you're going to use a stylus to take notes it's brilliant at that but it's got this kind of little gimmicky bit attached to the side of it but But that sometimes that sometimes feels like a typical samsung thing it doesn't i remember a number of years ago i can't even remember which galaxy uh, launch it was where you had they had a feature where it tracked your eyes and if you were watching a youtube video and then you looked away the youtube video would stop it would pause because it realized that you'd looked away at something else and you know it was like wow that's a, an interesting clever idea but like nobody's going to use it it's a complete gimmick but here we are a number of years later still talking about it do, do you think it's one of those kind of features um i don't know I, the thing with the, the eyes you know actually quite a lot of phones do a similar thing now they just don't shout about it as much you know mm. so some of those things are solid ideas that kind of just become the norm and you don't really think and talk about it i think the air gestures thing i think it's a bit less likely to be the norm i think the more that they focus on getting you know just great accuracy in terms of actual writing or, or you know anything that makes it more functional is the thing that people are really going to want from it um and actually just more more app functionality, which is something that Samsung is pushing forward this year because there's a Microsoft partnership as well. So um, in the future, there'll be better integration with, with Microsoft uh, OneNote, for example. And that's not something I've used yet because it's not quite here. But that kind of promise of expanding you know, real practical programs that people are using, that's what the focus should be on because it, it really becomes a proper aid in what people want to do. Now, beyond the stylus, which I know we spent a bit of time now talking about, is it a good phone? Does it does it do yeah. everything you want it to do? That's the thing. It's it is it's a premier flagship phone. It it you know it knows what it what it is and what it wants to do. Um, it's got a top end processor in it. It's uh, you know got those massive cameras, which admittedly are a bit too massive. It protrudes an awful lot off the rear. Um, and yeah, it's it's quite brilliant. That's the thing. It's I, I can't help but criticise it because it's kind of my job, but it's very expensive and yet if you've got the money to buy one it looks amazing you know it it responds really fluidly there's very little to criticize about it ignoring the battery life which is a little bit too limited i believe um so yeah there's very few complaints you know the software runs really smoothly there's nothing it's not going to handle the main camera experience is pretty decent as well so samsung knows what it's doing and and you know coming back to the original kind of pitch of this whole thing is oh it's just another note we've seen many and many of those yeah sure but it's got so much right over the years that it's kind of difficult to pick holes in it because it's just such a solid decent device well that's it for this week's show thanks for listening until next time pip pip imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.